The Holy Gospel, according to John, the 15th chapter, verses 26 through 16, verse 15. It can be found on your pew Bible on page 1698. Glory to you, O Lord. John records, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All of this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can know, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel of the Lord, thanks be to you. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is the day that the church received power and miraculous things happened with the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit couldn't come until Jesus had, had completed his work. And at this time, it wasn't completed. Sure, he had his ministry and he was uh, uh, crucified and died and buried. And then on the third day, he rose again. But he still wasn't done. He had to go to the Father. And in his place, he sent the Holy Spirit, who was bound, bound to the Word. The Holy Spirit doesn't say things from his own accord, but only what is made known to him through Jesus, the Word. I have a story to tell you. Perhaps you can relate. It struck me as as something comical, but also that cuts to the quick, if they say. It's a story about a convention of tools. Brother Hammer served as the chairman. The other members of the tool belt informed him that he must leave because he was too noisy. But Brother Hammer said, if I have to leave this carpenter's shop, then my brother Gimlet must go too. He's insignificant, and he makes a very small impression. Now, a gimlet is a small tool with a screw point, a a kind of a gnarled point uh, groove shank, and it has a cross handle on it. People used to use it to start a a hole before they hit a nail to to stop it from uh, splitting, you know, when you're doing fine carpentry work. I have a gimlet. I didn't know it was called a gimlet, but we went through a period of time where my wife's car was like a magnet for nails. I mean, it was happening every week. It was just uncanny. And um, I would take it down, and they would do this thing they call vulcanizing. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Star Wars, vulcanizing. Well, what they would do is they would take a gimlet, and it was a pointy little thing, and they'd go through there, and they'd ream it out and make it rough, and then they would poke another piece of rubber that had glue on it and then pull it out, and it was good as new. And for $15, you know, you can have it done for you. But I says... There's got to be a way I can do it myself. And I went down to Pep Boys, and by golly, I got one for $15. And I repaired a lot of tires. By the way, I still have it. If you guys have any nails, I, you know, not quite certified. Okay, so in the gimlet, you know, it's not a drink, although I've never had one of those. It sounded kind of foo-foo-la-la, but anyway, so gimlet tool. Not a good pastor, you know. So little brother Gimlet Gimlet arose and said, all right, but brother Screwdriver must go also. You have to turn him around and around to get anywhere with him. Brother Screwdriver turned to the other tools in the tool belt and said, if you wish, I will go. But brother Plain must leave too because all of his work is on the surface. There's no depth to what he does. To this, Brother Plain leveled his terse reply. Well then, Brother Saw will have to depart too because the changes he proposes always cut too deep. Hmm. Brother Saw complained, saying, 
brother ruler will have to withdraw if I leave, for he's always measuring other folks as though he were the only one who is right. And brother ruler then surveyed the group and said, brother sandpaper doesn't belong here either. He's rougher than he ought to be, and he is always rubbing people the wrong way. And in the midst of the discussion, the master walked in. He had come to perform his day's work. He put on his tool belt. He went to the workbench to make a pulpit. He employed the ruler, the saw, the plane, the hammer, the gimlet, the screwdriver, the sandpaper, and all the other tools too. And when the day's work was over, the pulpit was finished and the carpenter went home. And all the accusations against each of these tools were absolutely true. Yet the carpenter used one of them, every one of them. And no matter which tool he used, no other tool could have done the work better. Amen? It speaks to uh, the fleshly part of me that I've asked out loud here is, who do you think you are? We not, ought not think more of ourselves. We ought not think less of others. Last week, and I, I just love this, it, it popped out to me, but we read the story of, um, the historical account, rather, of Peter going with his entourage to Cornelius. And they baptized him, and, and the people that were with Peter were astounded, right? And it's like, well, why? I mean, you've been walking around with this guy, he's performed miracles. They were astounded that the Holy Spirit even came on Gentiles. Isn't that something? Sounds kind of like the tool convention. You know, they, <laughs> just only so deep that that plane goes. I mean, even Gentiles, really? No, come on, you gotta be kidding me. We're the chosen people. No, even Gentiles. The fact of the matter is, they and me and you are not a lot different than those tools. And we're not a lot different than anyone else. We are sinners in need of a savior. When we hear about Jesus saying that uh, the helper will come and he'll convict sin and righteousness and judgment, the sin that he that he that he convicts of is not necessarily a law type of a thing, but what it does is it's for those that do not believe and it's for those that think more than they ought to and those that are wantonly sinning against God and God alone. He will, God will make their sin known. See it all the time. It's happened to yours truly right here. Boy, isn't that embarrassing? You get caught in sin. Isn't it embarrassing when maybe you spoke out of both sides of your mouth? Praise God. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. That person is never going to make it. Right? He's going to come back in righteousness. His righteousness was completed when he went to the Father. And we know that he imparts his righteousness upon us, right? So he had to go. And judgment, 
What he means by judgment is the ruler of this world, the prince of darkness, Satan, has already been judged. Jesus said, I saw him falling out of the heavens like a star. Satan doesn't have access to heaven anymore, but boy, does he prowl around like a lion waiting to whoop up the tool convention. Hey, screwdriver. I gotta turn you around and around to get anything out of you. Oh yeah? Sandpaper, you're much too rough. Doesn't that happen? Don't we see it happen in our, maybe our own lives, in our own families, and certainly in this country of ours, in this world? We need Jesus. Jesus tells us that the uh, Holy Spirit does not testify to himself, but to what he has heard. That's an important distinction to make. John writes that Jesus was the Word, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And so Jesus binds the Holy Spirit to him, to the confines of his Word. Yes, three gods, three equal gods. God within us is the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't speak independently of God the Father and God the Son. And what a astounding scene that we saw in Acts whereupon the Holy Spirit comes and I read and counted there were 18 different groups. It says all the multitude or in another uh, version says uh, all the nations came together. There were 18 different groups that were represented there and they heard the gospel in their own language. How many people here speak a different language than English? Can you raise your hand? I know you do, Perio. Salome. Oh, Levon. Okay. Can you imagine if all of a sudden I just broke out and started speaking Finn? Right? Huh? Everybody else is going, whoa, has he been drinking? Huh, it's, only, it's only like 9.40. be a little early, right? But that's what they thought. They, there are people that are scoffers. There's others that were going, oh my gosh, how can this be? They were amazed. They responded to the gospel in their own language. The word has power. The word brings faith. Oh yeah, right? Faith is a gift. The Holy Spirit that none should boast. They heard it, but others are going, you know, and then what does Peter do? He levels with them, and he rebukes them and says, no, the hour's early. These men are full of the Holy Spirit. These men are pointing you to Jesus. Peter was kind of problematic up until Pentecost, right? I mean, he thought he was helping God. He thought he was helping Jesus by cutting off that guy's ear. And I can almost hear Jesus say, stop helping me. Right? But after this, we see this transformation of, of Peter, powerful, powerful preacher. People came to the Lord by the, the Holy Spirit spoken through Peter. We need Jesus. 
We hear in Ezekiel, the dry bones, Miss Jackie read. That's kind of a, let me, let me ask you a question. Was that kind of creepy hearing about those bones, you know? Can you imagine that? And like, you know, there's all these shows about, I don't know why people like to watch those scary movies. I can't do it. Scary movies, can't do it. But can you imagine these bones? They're real dry. And all of a sudden, they animate, and they come together, and then all of a sudden, tendons and muscles go, I mean, I'm going, check, please. I can't handle that. Can you imagine that? And yet, here they are. They're all skinned up and everything, but there's no breath. Now, I think that represents those that don't believe yet. We're skin and bones, but we're kind of walking dead before we we have Christ in our life before our baptism, before the Holy Spirit imparts on us. We're the walking dead, and we don't even know it. But then God breathes life into them. He has to be in there. He breathes the life into them. He breathes the life into you, Brother Hammer. He breathed the life into you, Brother Gimlet, Sister Sandpaper. He breathed the life into you. We need Jesus. The law says to us that we have fallen short. The law reminds us that we are that walking dead without and apart from Christ. We, um, we come to our senses when the Spirit falls upon us. And there's another instance in the Bible where someone came to their senses. Do you remember that story of the young man that said, hey, Dad, give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. And he went away. Ended up good Jewish kid in a pig pen. Right? Can't imagine anything lower than that. Sure didn't smell very good. And when he came to his senses, it said he went immediately to his father. And that is what the power of the Holy Spirit, that's what the power of the gospel does to those who hear it. To those that hear it, Brother Hammer, to those that hear it, they realize, man, I'm smelly. I've been in a pig pen. I spent the inheritance that I had, and now I have nothing left. The law says to you and me, you are smelly when we compare ourselves to Brother Hammer and Brother Gimlet. Yeah, we're saved. Our, our, our future is assured. But we ought not be amazed that the Holy Spirit is even for Gentiles or even for a plane or a screwdriver or vice grips or a power saw. The Holy Spirit is for all, and that is encapsulated in the demonstration of God so loved the world that he sent his only son, right? Help me out with that. How does it go after that? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that right, whosoever, you're whosoever's, you're whosoever's by his grace. God came to you in your baptism. This is the, here's Jesus and the proclamation. When you were baptized and you were sealed by the Holy Spirit, 
through water and through the word. You were made complete. You were encapsulated and made righteous in what Christ did on that cross. And you respond to the gospel and your faith grows every time you hear it. You've been given a job to do, Brother Hammer, Sister Sandpaper. And your job is to go out and not say, this is what I think about God, but your job is to go out and share the gospel. Your, your function as God's beautiful tool is to meet people where they're at, to love them, to point them to Jesus and not push. Today we're going to come up and celebrate the sacrament of the altar. And this is a, a gift that Jesus gave us. That we come up here sinners, but sinners that have confessed and been absolved. Do you remember that good part there? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. For his sake, he forgives you all your sins. And by his authority, I have been given through your call as your ordained servant of Christ to declare to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, your sins are forgiven. You're clean. And this is the deposit and this is the foretaste of the feast to come when all the tools get together in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen.